it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The media is in almost a blackout, a blackout over the death of a 66-year-old Pakistani immigrant who was killed by two girls ages 13 and 15 in Washington, D.C., who tried to carjack him. This man, Mohammed Anwar, was driving for Uber Eats. When two teenage girls got in the car, one of whom hit him with a taser, and they tried to steal the car. Now, the video doesn't really do it, uh, to play the audio doesn't really do it justice on radio. But I'm sure by now most of you have seen this. But what is beyond disturbing is the fact that this man was killed in broad daylight by two teenage girls. The girl's only concern is that she left her cell phone in the car. But there's something else. And this is why I'm starting with this. You can hear the man repeatedly shouting, this is my car, this is my car, this is my car. And if you've noticed, we've been focusing a lot on the concept of private property lately. By the way, I had a complete epiphany this weekend that I'll get to in just a second, but it's related to this, actually. This man, I don't know what his life was like in Pakistan. I don't know if he was a wealthy man. I don't know anything about him. But a huge swath of the world's population does not own private property. They don't own cars. They don't own homes. And what they do have are not comparable at all to what we enjoy here in America where we still have remnants of the free market. But this man died over a Honda Accord. And I'm not mocking the Honda Accord. What I took away from that video, and I rarely say I on this program, was it it, it felt like, it sounded like, this man was unwilling to give up what may or may not be his first taste of private property. That car represented something to him in this country. His livelihood, his freedom, movement, and yes, property. And he was unwilling to give it up to two teenage thug girls. And he lost his life over it. When you hear Democrats issuing their plans, plans on top of plans to remove the concept of private property, private property is the essence of freedom. It is the very essence of freedom. Something that is yours, that you earned, that you possess, that you use at your leisure. That is freedom. So here's the epiphany. And I'm going to have to make an addendum video to the monologue. I, I see that Friday night's monologue about private property has actually got a ton of views. And I realize this is not the this is not topic A right now. Topic A is the border. Topic A is Biden's mental fitness. That's topic A. This is not topic A, but it will be. What we pointed out in that monologue is the government is ever more transferring us away from the incentive to own property unto borrowing, renting, and using from government. And again, this man, 
this car. This car was his. It was his livelihood. It was his property. But what the government wants is you to give that up. And we heard Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg, now a transportation secretary, is promoting only government-run transportation. If you buy a car, a Honda Accord, let's say, let's say you're a young person, you want to buy your first car, and maybe as a part-time job to pay for the cost of the car, you drive Uber or Uber Eats. Eventually, you're going to own that car. But if you spend the next five years riding the government rail or the government bus, what do you have? What, what do you have? You have nothing. Sure, you've gone from point A to point B, but you went in the government's direction at the government's time. You didn't go where you wanted to go when you wanted to go. You went where the government was going and they took you along for the ride and charged you a fee for it. At the end of five years, you have nothing. At the end of 10 years, you have nothing. In 10 years, you could have financed two automobiles, perhaps even more. And the free market provided all sorts of avenues to do that. Again, a part-time job for a young person driving Uber. Get you your first car. An immigrant from Pakistan, 66 years old, driving Uber. Allowing him to own, probably for the first time in his life, private property. You see this happening in housing. The regulations embedded in the Green New Deal will make new construction almost unaffordable for the majority of the population. The proposed upgrades to existing homes, taxes that'll be levied. You know, in my state, the Democrats want a state property tax. It's not enough that you feel like you're already renting your home from your local government or your county government through property taxes, but now they want the state. You can envision a federal property tax to the point where people may actually have to give up their home or at least ownership of it to government. But if you read the Green New Deal and you read Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing, you see a preference for multi-family, economic, diverse housing. What that means is, and you can see, you see this with education, family A will pay a tax, a heavy tax, that narrows their choices in housing and transportation. Family B will receive a credit from government that increases their choices in housing and transportation. Now I say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, if A works harder than B, why should A pay a tax to have the exact same thing as B. Well, that's fairness. No, it's not. If A works harder, if A has a skill, if A's labor is in more demand than B, A and B should not have the equality of outcomes. But notice this. People are fleeing right now. Fleeing New York City. Fleeing the state of New York. Fleeing the state of New Jersey. Fleeing the state of California. Where are they going? Texas, Florida, Tennessee. People are fleeing Massachusetts. Where are they going? New Hampshire. The government could put a stop to this, to that, like this. And it's very basic. But this is the epiphany. The government could levy taxes on rental vans. 
The government can raise tolls. The government can raise gas prices, making it almost impossible, not entirely impossible, but stopping the procession of people out of these states. And the reverse could happen. There could be a federal housing program that creates all of this economically diverse housing in places like Franklin, Tennessee, North Florida, the suburbs of Dallas. And then the federal government says to cities like New York, hey, Bill de Blasio, looks like you've got one too many welfare cases to take care of. We're going to have a program. You could sign people up for a once in a lifetime opportunity to move from New York City into this Airfingers quote, economically diverse housing. In other words, the government could stop the people who want to sell their homes, pick up and leave and acquire property somewhere else, but then create a national plan to use the government rail and to use the government-owned roads and to use government transport to move voters who vote Democrat, left-wing Democrat from Chicago, New York, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, into places like Texas, into places like Tennessee, into places like Florida. They could abolish the distinction between town and country with a more equitable distribution of the population over the territory. I'm citing the Communist Manifesto. If the government controls the concept of property and transport, it's over. But this is what they think is fair. That if family A or worker A or business owner A puts in more time, more effort, has more talent, more abilities, and more demand, should have no better outcomes than person B or family B, who may or may not put in the equal output or the equal hours or have the equal talent or the equal ability. They want an equality of outcome, but not an equality of effort. Biden is never going to come out and say this. But you already hear it in Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg is like a character, almost a villain out of Brave New World. These so-called Alpha Plus intellectuals think they're so smart. They think they're so smart they could have this national plan. Well, there's, there's too many low-income people clustered in the cities. Move them out to the suburbs. And you hear them talking like this. Well, what we need is more economically diverse housing in the wealthiest zip codes. So what you're, what, what you're really saying, though, is that all your promises, all your progressive promises and plans for stacked and packed housing and government-run transportation, subways, buses, light rail, it all failed. So instead of recognizing that the model of the cities failed, you want to turn the suburbs into little cities and have them do what? Fail as well? Well, that's another component of the Communist Manifesto. If everything looks the same, if there's complete homogenization, then there's no, no will or reason to escape. The East Coast lives like the West Coast. The North lives like the South. The Midwest lives like everywhere else. There's no distinguishing qualities whatsoever. And corporate America loves this. Why do you think it, it, it would be no surprise that, I don't know, Starbucks, which there's a Starbucks next to a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks, loves this plan. They want to model everything 
after a Democrat-run city. So there is no escape. Remember, not only do you make private property illegal, all rents of land are to public purposes, and you confiscate the property of emigrants and rebels. Anybody who doesn't follow the plan will find themselves penniless. Oh, I forgot about that. Equal liability of all to labor. So you'll, you'll work as hard as the government tells you to work. Or you know what? Maybe you don't get your health care. Or maybe you won't get that house. Or maybe you won't get that rail pass. This is where we're evolving. Now, I understand. This is some crackpot stuff right now. I should be talking about Derek Chauvin. I should be talking about the border. I will, don't you worry. But I am seeing 10 miles down the road here. And the saddest thing and the scariest thing is, these are the plans. They're just too scary for the Democrats to talk about right now. You are the frog and the water is starting to boil. They are turning up the heat. It's regulation after regulation. It's tax increase after tax increase. Don't listen to their good intentions. Read between the lines as to what the effect is. Judge wants a mileage tax. A federal mileage tax. That means the federal government is going to tax you based on how much you drive and then where you go. We're already talking about a coronavirus passport. Show us your papers. Unless you're an illegal immigrant. Then you can go wherever the hell you want. This unfortunate murder this past weekend sparked sparked all of these thoughts. That man acted like a man who for the first time in his life at 66 years old had acquired private property and wasn't going to give it up to anyone. Not two teenage girls with a, with a taser, no one. Because that's how deeply embedded the concept of private property is amongst human beings, even the ones who've never experienced it. Now, again, I, got, I don't know what his life was like in Pakistan. He might have been wealthy. He might have been, been highly educated and well-to-do. But what I saw was a man who came to this country where we still have the right to acquire property, and he put his life on the line for a sedan. Wynzik 695, Patriot 957-2874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. This segment will be available in podcast form on Stitcher, Sirius XM Patreon. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.